Hey guys, welcome back. Welcome if you are new to the Jaded Podcast. So last week we touched on my initial feelings, thoughts, the backstory of how I got to America. Um, And today I really want to talk about my high school experience and like get deep into like high school life and those feelings that surrounded that transition. So I want to start off by saying that this may be a little biased just because I kind of got most of my primary education in Guyana. Um, But if I am wrong, you guys are more than open to fact checking me in a nice, constructive, critical way. If you start to get rude, I will surely get rude back. I am not one of them. Um, So without you know, holding y'all up. Um, let's start like where, when I came. So I came to America when I was turning 14. So that October I came in, I think July or August. I'm not sure, but July or August, but I turned 14 that October. So when I left Guyana, I was in third form, which would be ninth grade in America. Um, But when I started school in America, they said that the things that I did were ninth grade, like, you know, they had to basically put me back in the ninth grade that it wasn't worthy of me going into the 10th grade, which I thought was a bunch of bullshit. Um, And I'll share that because and I share that sentiment because when I was in the ninth grade, everything that I learned in the ninth grade in America, I learned already in third form and they figured that out midway through the semester and then decided hey okay well she can go to 10th grade at that point I had made a few friends like I got comfortable so I didn't want to make that transition um so I stayed in ninth grade like I made the honor roll um you know did all that um but I just felt like it was they just threw me somewhere they didn't even try to assess me Um, and that kind of gets into like what, you know, the way I feel about the American school system now, as I matriculated through the system, I feel like that is horrible because America has this idea that they have the best school systems in the world and, you know, whatever they say goes, which is not the case because the algebra I was learning in ninth grade here, I think we had learned that maybe in second form, which is eighth grade in Guyana. So I'm just like. Yeah. And to give y'all just a little bit more backstory um, about school, I went to school in Stafford County in Virginia. So wider county, not saying that's the issue, but I know of people who have came to America and stayed in New York and got placed in the correct grade. So I don't know, maybe it's a cultural thing in the South compared to the North or compared to a country that not a country, a state that has more immigrants. No idea. No idea how this works, but that's it. So I'll give y'all like a little comparison from my knowledge and from my opinion about, you know, school in Guyana versus school in America. So you start school in Guyana, like you start the, you know, first grade, grade one in Guyana, they call it primary one at the age of five. You start at five in America, you typically start at six which is, you know, that other year, I think it's like pre-K and then you go into the first grade. And, you know, Guyana has play school, same as America, like pre-K, kindergarten, all that encompassed. Um, And another 
difference that I've seen is within the public school systems. And I want y'all to know that I went to private school the entire time I lived in Guyana. So I do not have experience with going to public school, but I have friends that have went to public school. And from what I can see and what I've observed, even as an older adult now, well, a younger adult now, um, is that all private school, all public schools, I might say, are equal and in a sense fair. I do believe in America, they're totally different. So growing up in Stafford County, I went to Brook Point and there was this other school in Stafford, North Stafford, and their resources were different from our resources and our resources at Brook Point were different from the resources of Colonial Forge or Mountain View, which were in nicer parts of Stafford County. And then there were schools in Woodbridge that had different resources. So it's based on, in America, it seems like it's based on the income. And you guys can, again, correct me if I'm wrong, based on the income of said community. Um, you know, the funding that goes into the community is the same funding that goes into school, which I don't think it's fair. I feel like everyone deserves an equal opportunity at education and to get the same amount of resources for edu- for basic education at that. Um, another difference about schools in Guyana versus in America. So once you leave primary school, which is elementary school in America, um, Guyana call it, calls it primary school. America calls it elementary school. Once you leave, you have to take an exam in Guyana to get to secondary school slash high school. In America, you just kind of, you know, wherever you live, that's where you go to elementary school, middle school and high school. It's just, you know, that district. But in Guyana, it's earned. The high school that you go to, you have to earn your spot at that school and you take a national and which is a it's actually a regional Caribbean exam. Um, it's called common entrance. And you take that exam when you're in the sixth grade, quote unquote, um, and that gets you in. You know, they average out the scores and, you know, however they score the stuff and you get into the school that you you placed on your list that you, you know, that was your top school and, you know, your top three schools. So you get placed there by those grades. I wrote that exam um, and the number one school in the country was not the school that I wanted to go to. I wanted to go to the number two school in the country. So that was like my number one choice. When I wrote my exam, I got into the number one school in the country just because of my grades. Um, And I was in the top 100 students in the country who took that exam. And again, the entire sixth graders, every sixth grader in the country takes that exam um, at the same time. So yeah, so that's like, how you get into those schools. Um, I ended up not going to that school. I went to the Bishop's High School in Guyana, um, the second one to me, biasly, the best school in Guyana, but whatever. That's how they, you know, they want you to think. (laughs) Um, So yeah, so that was another difference that I saw. Um, And again, I don't think that's fair. I think if you want fairness and equality in school systems i think you know sitting and taking an exam is like totally fair to like go to a school but again different resources different country and it's also a larger country so in guyana it's not that densely populated for the amount of land space that there is 
in America, you have so many different states with so many different laws and rules and regulations. And this is not the podcast to talk politics and how to reconstruct this country. So we're not going to get into that. Um, And then another difference that I've seen is that while in school in Guyana, we actually learn things like life skills and ways to, you know, kind of get into the workforce, things that we'd be interested in. And, you know, we kind of moved on. Like we learn, I I don't know. I don't really know how to explain it, but like the best, but like in America, like you are literally learning to take an exam. Like in high school, I used to take, they were called SOLs in Virginia, but like you would just learn information to regurgitate it. So like they're teaching you to take tests in Guyana. I felt like I was actually learning something. And I want to tell you all this. I do not like school, but I really felt like I learned a lot. My foundational education, I learned a lot and I learned how to study and I learned how to actually learn um, as opposed to learning how to take a test. I felt like a lot of my education in America, even in college, was learning how to take a test. Um, So, yeah, those are some of the differences that I've seen. And I think all in all, what I'm trying to say is I felt like school in Guyana is a lot more well-rounded than the American, you know, educational system. I don't feel like it nurtures the minds of our students, of the students in America, but that's just my opinion. I am biased again. Um, And also I don't have much public, much knowledge of public school in Guyana. So really blessed to be able to have went to a private school. So I can't give you the experience of a public school student in Guyana. But again, I still think it nurtured our minds because I went to a public high school. I took that exam And again, all sixth graders had to take that regional exam to get into a high school. And the high school I picked was a public high school. Yes, they are private high schools, but I chose to go to a public high school because it was one of the top high schools in the country. Um, So, yeah. So now let's kind of dive into like actual, I guess, like the food thing. So I noticed that like in American schools, like just on the, like how they do it on TV, serving milk at dinner, they be serving y'all milk. And I shouldn't say y'all, cause I mean, they serve me it. I ain't take it, but they be serving milk in school, like for lunch. That's so weird. Like pizza and milk. That's now as an adult, that makes my stomach churn. Like all that dairy at 12 o'clock and sometimes 11 in the morning. Cause my school here in America, we were split up between times like different lunches so like you eat in pizza and milk that is wild wild to think about right now um and I know in Guyana it was more common for people to pack a lunch when I was here I think I talked about it in our in my last episode it was kind of weird like going to school nobody was packing lunches like people packed lunch And also, if you didn't pack lunch, like people went out for lunch, like really like left school to go get food. Like the the schools had cafeterias, but depending on where your school was located, like you could go to Georgetown, you can go to different like, you know, there were probably different restaurants around you um, and go get lunch. So I thought that was totally different. And then in Guyana, like if you want to buy lunch, like you have to bring your own money. Like there was no car to be loaded to swipe at the calf. Nah, your parents have to give you money. And like if you was buying lunch every day, y'all balling, you know, y'all are y'all got it like that. Um, Or at least like that. 
I don't know where I left y'all off. It just cut off, but I think I was talking about packing lunch. And, you know, my mom, like, she, we used to, I used to pack lunch almost every day. Like, she packed lunch for work almost every day. So we didn't, like, eat out much, like, when it came to, like, lunch. Like, she wouldn't really give me money every day for lunch. But there's, like, some occasions, you know. And also, as I got older, like, I would ask. Um, like, older as in I went to high school. Um, so, yeah. And in America, for, you know, all the Caribbean people listening, you either get free lunch or you have to, like, load your, like, ID you can bring cash too um but where I went to school um depending on your parents income you got free lunch and you know if you had it like that you buy lunch every day but like again it was a rare sighting to see somebody pack lunch so most of the times kids would just have money on their lunch cards their um their school IDs it's connected to an account and you know you swipe you get lunch whatever I do not remember how much lunch costs but it is true they do drink milk um and they well they serve you milk with your lunch I would kind of always have water on me and I know at my school one of the days that I actually really loved buying lunch um when I was in high school was on Taco Tuesday if anybody from Brook Point or if you lived in Stafford and you're listening to this like Taco Tuesday was it um I don't know what they put in them and it wasn't even real tacos like it was nachos but it was good um and then they had this um chicken sandwich like a little sand and I like chicken sandwiches um as y'all could tell in the previous episodes I really like Chick-fil-A but like those chicken sandwiches were really good um so yeah like that's also something that I like observed and noticed and realized you know growing up well growing up the rest of my life here in America is that that's so like culturally different and just thinking about things like even now like as an adult and going into work when I did go into the office I would pack lunch just because culturally that's what I saw my mom and my aunts and my cousin do once they started working but that's also like a cultural norm to pack a lunch so yeah um and then the attire most people wear uniforms in Guyana not even most everybody wears a uniform to school in Guyana every school has a uniform you know and it's an identifier of your school in America, most schools don't wear uniforms. Y'all, like, wear what you want to wear. And I think that's cool, you know, express yourself. But also, that can get really expensive, one, for parents. And then it can really, I wouldn't say damper the self-esteem of a child from a low-income ba- background. But I can see the effects of something like that on children and teenagers like I would love if by the time I decided to get married and have kids like everybody was wearing uniforms because it's so easy I gotta buy you a white polo and maybe like a dress or a kimono or in in these color pants like so much easier to do um than to have to buy you all of these clothes because then you got to get school clothes and we got to get nice stuff for you know when you go out when it's not school time and you got to make sure you take care of your pants and it's really a lot like so I really liked wearing a uniform and it also like helped me to express myself more when I didn't have to wear my uniform I always would like put together like what I would deem cute outfits um after school or if I was ever going out on the weekends or going to church so like I don't know. I never felt like an outfit repeater. And I don't care if I repeat an outfit because, like, at this big age, like, I have a washer and dryer. And if I like something, I'm going to wear it. Like, I am 
a t-shirts and jeans, bodysuit basics kind of girl. And I will rewear a lot of outfits because I like it. Like it gives me confidence. So yes. Um, and I think all in all, the uh, feelings that I had around high school and I had in high school were just that I wanted to leave. Like I did not like Stafford. Um, when I was in high school, I did play tennis all four years. I was on the JV team my freshman year and then upped it to varsity as I, you know, matriculated um through high school and I enjoyed it for the most part but it really was not something that I was like oh this is the high school experience that they have in the um on the tv and you know you're the lame nerd girl you meet the jock boy and y'all fall in love and go to college together like none of that I was very to myself rode the bus my friend Deja at the time like when she started driving she would take me to school because she lived down the street like stayed to myself had a couple friends like you know we do things but nothing crazy like I saw on tv like that was not my life I know I've heard stories of people going to parties in high school all this stuff I did not do any of that like I did not do any of that um and I don't regret it because the things that I know now that was going on in Stafford I'm like oh hell no my mom would have beat my ass um (laughs) so yeah So I'm, you know, grateful that I found a good crowd to be around. And then also, like, it probably was just just because I wasn't, like, super cool in high school. Like, I also don't think I'm cool now, but, like, I just was not, like, this cool person. I was also still very shy. So, like, I really didn't talk to a lot of people. I really didn't put myself out there a lot. Like, I literally played tennis, you know, had the same couple of friends. Like, that was it. Like, that was it. So, yeah, <laughs> it was pretty lame. So high school was, um, but high school also was an experience. And I guess when I start talking about college, the comparisons and like realization and, you know, no, learning about America really came to me in college because I went to an HBCU and I learned so much more and it opened my eyes to so much in high school that I didn't really know about um, and didn't really have anybody to like talk to about at the time so yeah once we get to the high school episode um I think it'll be a little bit more interesting um to share my perspective on high school so yeah so that's it um now we are gonna get into my favorite part well one of my other favorite parts of this podcast is the money master corner welcome to the money master corner where I share tips and tricks for small business finances personal finances And whatever that comes up in the finance and accounting world, I own a business called the Money Master Financial Company where I do offer these services. And if you are interested in inquiring about these services, you can go to the website at www.moneymasterfinancial.co or shoot me an email at info at moneymasterfinancial.co. Hey guys, today's Money Master Corner, we'll get into some of those frequently asked, you know, first day questions. So the first one is, what the heck do I claim on that W-4 form? Like, you know, zero, one, what do I do? So if you want less money coming to you on a bi-weekly basis, you want to claim zero. So basically... If you want less money, less take home, you claim zero and doing this will ensure that you're paying more into your federal taxes. 
But if you want more money coming to you on a biweekly basis or a monthly basis, however you get paid, you want to claim one. And doing this will ensure that less money is going to your federal and state taxes. I suggest that if you are kind of going up in tax bracket every year, speak to a tax accountant and speak or speak to an accountant, speak to a CPA, speak to somebody to figure out the best ways that you can leverage this so you don't have to pay taxes every year. Um, number two is invest in your retirement accounts, whatever, whether it be a 401k, 403b, IRAs, whatever you have offered at work, please invest into them. Um, if your employer doesn't offer a match program, I still suggest that you should, um, you should invest in these programs because it is money that you're not even seeing anyway. Um, it's pre-tax dollars. So you're not seeing that anyway in your, um, coming out from your actual pay every week um well bi-weekly at that um and if you max out any of your retirement accounts you are subject for a tax benefit so it it can help you in the long run um the third one is to choose the right health insurance so i'm assuming i'm gonna put that assumption out there right now that my demographic that listens to this podcast is younger between the ages of 19 and 35. Yeah, 19 and 35 and are fairly healthy people. So with that assumption, I would encourage you to opt in to an HSA if your job offers an HSA. Um, And an HSA is just a health savings account that help you to alleviate your costs. So it comes with basically like a savings account um, and it's a high yield, uh, high yield, what is insurance um, policy? It's a high yield insurance policy. So that means that you may have higher deductibles, but in the case of having to go to the doctor and you have to make payments, you don't have to take that payment necessarily out of your personal money. It's already saved up. And some employers match your contribution in your HSA. Also with an HSA, that money is rolled over. So if at the end of the year, you literally only went to two doctor's appointments for the year and you, you know, you put in $10 to your HSA every month and your job puts in $10 because they're matching you, you have that money to roll over into the next year. Um, Some employers do provide an FSA. An FSA is similar and that's a flex spending account um, with the same high yield, but you can't roll that over. So whatever is in your FSA by December 31st needs to be spent by December 31st. So... You know, do with that what you please. I think if you have the option of getting an HSA, do it. Um, I got the option this year and I opted in for it. I'm a fairly healthy person and it's worth it. It's going to be worth it in the long run for me. Um, Number four, I would say is to opt into all life and disability insurances that you have at work. I know sometimes we kind of just screen past those things but it's really important you never know what can happen so you want to opt into all types of insurance that your employer is offering you Um, and then for five seek out life insurance outside of your job of outside of where you work Um, I would definitely suggest this because you again never know what life can hold and then if you ever lose your job and something happens you still have that life insurance policy with an outside source so those are my um, Money Master financial tips for today. Um, and we are going to move on to my favorite part of the podcast is the Jada Gem. 
Now we've come to the end of an episode, and at the end of every episode, I leave you guys with a jaded gem. This week's jaded gem is something that my therapist told me um, and that I have been reflecting on for the past few weeks. And she said, it's not time that heals all, it's the work done in that time that helps you heal. So whatever you're going through, just know that you have to do the work and not just let time pass. I hope you guys had a great Tuesday with me. If you're listening to this on Tuesday, I hope you guys have a great week, a great weekend, and I will see y'all next week. Bye, guys.